Super Bible Party, Super Bible Party, Super Bible Party, yeah! Hey everybody, this is Robert Berry, and welcome to the second episode of Super Bible Party! Super Bible Party Episode 2. Today is uh, November 19th, 2019, uh, A.D., and uh, welcome uh, to the Super Bible Party Podcast. Uh, our first episode, uh, I got a lot of great feedback about it, where we talked about Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah, so if you're hearing this one first, you can go back and check that one out. Uh, but today, uh, we are going to be talking about one of my favorite books in the Bible, uh, and actually, one of my favorite stories, uh, period, uh, in any form of literature, it's the story of Job. Uh, Job is an Old Testament book. Uh, it's really cool. Um, it is unlike most other stories uh, in the Bible. It's a, it's an unusual story. Uh, we're going to review it. Uh, there's there's many ways people have uh, interpreted this story, uh, what it means, uh, why it even exists. Uh, at all, uh, but it's 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 a pretty fascinating uh, story, and and I hope you like it. Um, but yeah, let's let's get right to it. Job. First of all, Job. What a what a great name, Job. Uh, but you'll notice nobody uh, nobody knows anybody named Job. A lot of people are named after folks in the Bible. Uh, not a lot of people named after Job, uh, which is surprising, because he is one of the most righteous and. Uh, God-fearing men in the history of the Bible, uh, more so than most. Uh, but some things happened to him. Maybe you wouldn't want to have happen to your kids. Uh, so I, I think for that reason, maybe people uh, chose to stick with like Steve and uh, Melvin and uh, names like that instead. But um, yeah, the Book of Job. Um, it's a uh, it's it's a beautiful book. There's there's uh, some of the best. Uh, language uh is written in there um you know there's there's a quote here uh i'm reading um uh it's from uh well where is it from exactly uh it's from <laughs> interpretation and commentary uh on job by c l c o s e o w if you want to look it up but he talks about the artistry of the book of job and he says here uh there's Perhaps no other biblical book that has been as universally and extravagantly praised as an exquisite specimen of literary art as Job. A sample uh, of the work includes, uh, some people have said it's the greatest Jewish work of art, uh, even better than uh, Mel Brooks's comedy. Uh, one of the greatest living, great, greatest things ever written. Uh, Thomas Carlyle said that. Uh, Far Above the Poetry of the World uh, by James Fruit. Victor Hugo, he wrote uh, uh, you know, Hunchback in Notre Dame. He said, this is perhaps the greatest masterpiece of the human mind. And, and, and Sir Alfred Lord Tennyson said, this is the greatest poem of ancient and modern times. Daniel Webster said it was the most wonderful poem of any age and language. So that's pretty high praise. Stephen King even said, um, if you read one scary book this summer, please read the book of Job. Uh, it's going to scare the hell out of you, is what uh, he said. But uh, he, he concludes here a little bit. He says, you know, Job, arguably more than anywhere else in the Bible, one finds an abundance of memorable 
turns of phrase. Uh, the eyes of dawn. Leave me alone until I swaddle my spittle. We are of yesterday, whose trust is a spider's web. A hollow person. Other phrases like as waters that have passed. I put my life in your hands. The scent of water. Earth, do not cover my blood. And, and, and the phrase by the skin of my teeth comes from this book. Let's get to the root of the matter. Comes from this book. Um, it's, it's a great piece of writing. Uh, perhaps one of the better written uh, things in the Bible. We, we've established that. Okay, it's a, it's a, it's a good book. But uh, it's, it's, let's, let's tell you about the story. So the setup of Job is uh, kind of funny. Um, most books are very straightforward in the Bible. They tell you a, a straight narrative. But um, the narrative device in the book of Job, uh, you get sort of a, a, a different prologue. It's sort of a preview. Uh, the very first part of Job uh, and I'm not going to read the whole book to you here. Don't don't worry about that. We just you know we're reviewing key points here, um, but I like this. It basically it tells you what you need to know. It says there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, and he feared God and eschewed evil. He hated evil, folks. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. So he had ten kids. His substance was also, he, uh, he had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-asses, and uh, a very great household, a lot of servants, slaves perhaps, not really clear. So this man was the greatest of all of the men of the East, and his sons went and feasted in their houses, everyone, every day, and... Uh, he sent and called for their three sisters to eat and drink with him. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone, but Job sent and sanctified them. He rose up early in the morning to uh, pray for them uh, because he wasn't sure if they were sinning. So Job is, you know, right away, Job's a very righteous man. And he's so righteous, he even prays for his kids, even Though he doesn't know they're doing anything wrong, just in case they are. So you get you get established. Job's got a lot of great things, and he's a great man of God. He loves God. He thanks God continually. It says that Job does this every day. So now we skip to a different scene. There's not too many stories that do this. So now God's hanging out in heaven. And uh, it says, the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. So, you know, it's his angels, basically. Now, somehow, at this point, Satan comes wandering up as well. Satan's got a, a free pass. I don't, we, Lord even, God says unto Satan here, where'd you come from? He wanted to know. You know, he knows, but he wanted him to say it. Uh, and he said, look, I... God, I've been going to and fro uh, from the earth, walking up and down in it. You know, just 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 seeing what you got going on. So, I mean, at this point in the Bible, God's uh, Satan's not confined to hell. He's you know he's he's walking about the earth, and he can apparently, uh, even though he was cast out of heaven, can still go back up there um, every other Tuesday. Uh, that's part of the deal. Um, so God's there bragging in front of his angels. Uh, maybe not bragging, but he's, he's, he's happy. You know, he's showing things going on in the world. And 
And then uh, God just says, hey, Satan, uh, what do you think of Job? Uh, there's nobody like him. He's the most perfect dude. He he fears me and, and, and he, he says he eschewish evil. He, he hates evil and he fears me. How do you like that, Satan? And Satan says, uh, look, Job only uh, does all that because uh, you gave him so much stuff. I mean, the dude's got 3,000 camels, 7,000 sheep, 10 kids, 500 yoke of oxen. He's even got 500 she-asses. Most people would be happy with one she-ass. Job's got 500 of them. And uh, basically, uh, he said, you know, he's only, uh, you, you blessed the work of his hands. So that's why, um, he likes you so much. So, you know, God says, uh, look, that's not true. He loves me because he loves me. He's good to me because he fears me. He's, he's just doing the right thing. It's not because he has all these things, a great family and material. Uh, but you know, God doesn't, uh, for some reasons that, that aren't clear, you know, it's easy to say, maybe he doesn't want to, he wants to make a bet with Satan. Uh, he wants to uh, make an example of uh, Satan or make an example of Job. He's putting Job to the test here. And he says, Satan, I'll let you do whatever you want. Just don't kill him. But you can you can take things away from him. You can torment him and, uh, you know, mess with him and see that he'll still love me. So this this is what Satan does. Now, so Satan's like, you got it, God. So Satan, you know, that this is like the best day in Satan's life because he's got a chance to uh, show off. It's like he's auditioning here, you know, because if he pulls this off, he gets to go back, get some pretty good bragging rights there, you know. Uh, I think he wins a free beer. So anyway, uh, th this is a. Have you ever thought you had a bad day? Check out this day that Job has here. So one day. Uh, it says here that uh, his sons and daughters were uh, just drinking wine in the oldest brother's house. And this guy comes up to Job and he goes, oh my gosh, Job, you won't believe this. But uh, the ox were uh, plowing and this group called the Sabians came and, and, and slaughtered all of your ox. And they killed the servants as well. I'm the only one who escaped to tell you this. So basically... Uh, you know, uh, your 500 yoke of oxen, they're gone. They're completely gone. And the, and the asses as well. You lost your she-asses. And then while that guy was, was still talking, another guy comes up and goes, Oh my gosh, you don't believe this, Job. Fire fell from the heaven. Don't, that's really weird. We don't often see fire falling from the sky. Uh, it, it burned up the sheep and the servants. And um, I'm the only one left from that. I, you know, a reasonable man would think I burned everybody, <laughs> but no, it it was fire that came from the sky. Just wanted to tell you, I had nothing to do with it. Uh, and then, then okay, so the guy already had a neighboring army of those darn Sabians came, slaughtered all the servants and the ox, and then fire from heaven came down and burned up all the sheep and those servants. Another guy comes up while that other guy was still speaking. He says, look, the Chaldeans 
made out three bands and, and they killed all the camels. Oh, they took the camels away. They didn't kill the camels, but they did steal them. But they did kill all of the servants. So boy, he's lost. Uh, you know, one 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 angry tribe of folk slaughters all his cattle and his servants. Uh, fire from heaven burns all the sheep and those servants. And and now another another this guy needs better security for starters. Um, the Chaldeans, you know, got rid of the camels and killed those servants as well. This this guy was the only one left to survive. It's basically you have three people that have had to come to Job and tell him that this happened. It's starting to look like an inside job, uh, but Job goes with it. But just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, another guy comes up. He goes, oh, Job, uh, you know, I know I feel bad telling you this today because your day's been pretty shitty so far, but uh, wow, this is crazy. Uh, remember when that fire burned everything down? But uh, somehow, somehow, um, this giant wind came and blew the house down. They have all of your kids, uh, and it, and it fell uh, down on them and they're, and they're crushed. Building codes weren't so good back then. Let's be fair. But, uh, you know, a, an unholy wind blew the house down. So, wow. Four people. I, I would, you know, good thing a fifth person didn't come up there. There'd be not much left. Um, nobody came and said, your wife is dead. No, that was the fifth torture <laughs> that Job had. So, um, Job's overwhelmed at this point. You know, he's basically lost everything, all of his family, all of his possessions, uh, 10 kids dead, being smushed in the house that he probably had a hand in building. So he's got to feel some guilt for that. Fire burns all his sheep, all of his... His camels, his favorite camel, even the least favorite camels, they all got stolen. All the servants got killed. And uh, and then his ox just got cut to pieces. They, you know, they weren't even stolen. That's a waste of meat. That place is going to be stinking. And so Job is so upset at this point, he uh, tears off his hat. And he, uh, he shaved his head. He fell down. And he started praying. He says, naked. Came I out of my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord give, and the Lord taketh away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. And it makes it clear that, you know, in all this Job never sinned, nor did he blame God. You know, it says the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. So this is this is important, uh, a lesson for... Uh, people from long ago to learn about religion that you know bad things are going to happen uh, along with the good they're just telling you this there he's obviously grieving it's okay to grieve but they're letting you know hey sometimes that happens the lord gives and the lord takes away it uh it, it, it hurts job to his core you know he shaves his head he's trying to make contrition he, ta he takes off his robe He's naked there, just saying, look, that's it. Maybe he's expecting I'm next. Would, I mean, you wouldn't you? It's reasonable to think out of all this stuff that happens, a lightning bolt's going to come and take me. But it doesn't. So he's, he still prays. So then we flash back to heaven. we got to figure out this is heaven. Uh, I doubt God's hanging out in hell here. But uh, it says, now then there was a new day where the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord God. Satan comes up there again, and then it's so funny. And the Lord says to Satan, hey, where'd you come from? 
And the same thing. Ah, uh, you know, going to and fro on the earth, walking up and down in it. And God's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot uh, last time I asked you that and I let you uh, wreak havoc on my most faithful follower. What? What? A, yeah. OK. Yeah. It just seemed like only yesterday uh, now that I think about it, because I, I think it was. Um, but the God says, oh, speaking of which, uh, look at it. Look at all that you did. And he still holds fast in his faith with me, even though you moved me against him. To destroy him without cause. Now, that's an interesting piece there because you kind of think God just let Satan go loose uh, and do all this stuff on his own. But he says there, although you, Satan, moved me against him to destroy him without cause. So was Satan calling upon the power of God to make all this stuff happen? Uh, Or is that more figurative that because... God gave Satan permission to do it. It was still Satan casting bolts and doing all that shit. We don't know, but you know, let's just assume that because God let Satan do it, that was God letting him do it. Um, but anyway, um, Satan says, yeah, look, look, look. This is interesting. Skin for skin, yeah. That's all a man had that he'll give for his life. But... Let me have one more chance. Let me touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. And God said, uh, okay, you can do this, but don't kill him. He is in thine hand, but save his life. And that's that's pretty wild, right? I'm just checking something here. Excuse me, folks. There we go. We're getting used to this podcasting equipment here. But... um. So God lets, uh, at this point, Satan's like, look, all this stuff's taken away, sure. His family's gone, sure, but uh, let me really screw with them. Let me uh, just do my thing. And then God's like, all right, sure, you know. I, w- I want to prove this to you, Satan. You know, I can't have you thinking uh, bad of me, Satan. Wouldn't want you to be upset. So, um... It says here that, uh, you know, the Lord let him do this. Satan went and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot onto his crown. He just covered, yeah, that's the best he could. I mean, you see some of the scary movies now where, you know, like made uh, three heads pop out of his back or made, you know, him walk backwards on a ceiling Satan got more creative in the later years there. But at this way, he decides, oh, I'm going to give him a bunch of horrible boils that hurt. Um, and he's covered head to toe. And at this point, you know, it says, you know, that he basically took him a piece of pottery and he's scraping the boils with the pottery. And he sat down among the ashes of his burned um, property, you know, there. Now, his wife, we've not seen his wife yet. And um, like many, uh, just like how Lot doesn't have a, uh, Lot's wife does not have a name. uh, Doesn't appear that Job's wife does, uh, that I'm aware of. Um, Job's wife says to him, basically, why do you do this? Why are you still not cursing God? Curse God and die. You know, I mean, geez. What's left for you but just me 
God didn't even give me boils, and I don't even pray to him. Jeez. And uh, despite this, he says to her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. It's kind of misogynist, as, as many people in the Bible are. He says, Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and we shall not receive evil? And then, and then Job did this without any sin on his lips. So now... There's never any I told you so moments here. Um, you know, God let Satan do these two things. And I think we just have to figure at this point, God, uh, Satan sees that Job never cursed God at this point. He's like, all right, whatever. I guess you were right, God. And God gets the satisfaction of knowing he's right. But this is, now this is an interesting part in the story because this is a, the whole nature of, God's existence and uh, faith and suffering and good and evil and why do we deserve what we get? Why don't we deserve what we we get? Why uh, why does God do anything? You know, and there's these there's these three fellas, uh, Eliphaz, who's a who's a Temanite, Bildad, uh, who's a Hobbit apparently, and Zophar, uh, the Namathite. I think he's from Eternia. And uh, they decide they're they're kind of friends. Of, uh, uh, they saw what was going on. You know, these are three buddies of Job, and they heard about all that was happening. So they thought, you know what? Let's go comfort him. They didn't have GoFundMe's back then, so they you know they want to go. They probably brought him some some water. Uh, you know, a little bit of food. I mean, he's lost everything. You know, I mean, I, I, you got to figure there help. Maybe some salve, some aloe to help him with those those uh, Satan boils that he got. Um, you know, that's horrible. I don't know. How, they don't really tell you how those cleared up, by the way. They just they did, but um, they sat with him for seven days and seven nights, which is interesting because that's also the same amount of time that uh took to create the world so i don't know if that's uh some symbolism there but uh yeah they sat with him and just hung out because they saw his grief was so great he's so sad he just doesn't even want to talk i mean you can't really go hey job i know how you feel uh once my dog got hit by a car you know i mean they can't they got nothing they can compare you know i mean boy i remember when um god killed Everything I uh, owned and all my family and then sent fire from the sky to get every other scrap. Oh, and then he also gave me boils uh, to win a bet with Satan. No, no, never mind. That's never happened to anybody else. Wow. Yeah, they just kept their mouth shut. And so um, Job finally opens his mouth after seven days. And uh, he's basically, he kind of gives up. You know, he's like... Uh, I wish I wasn't born. You know, maybe I don't deserve to be born. And, uh, you know, that's what's, what's kind of interesting because uh, they decide to, like, uh, decide why God does what he does. Um, and so these, these, are sp- these are kind of like the great minds of uh, the world. And they... Um, you know, they're debating, and you got to read this yourself here. I'm not going to repeat everything they say here, but they basically, it's a really neat discussion about um, 
good and evil, pardoning transgressions, prayer, judgment from God, just deciding why God does what he does. Why does why does God have some people that are evil seem to have lots of great things and then good people get punished? You know, sort of a, a primitive version of only the good die young, uh, basically there. Um, but, you know, he's, he's saying that his soul is weary and, uh, you know, he, he, he does start speaking about the bitterness of his soul. Maybe he's undeserving of God. Maybe he's done something that he doesn't even, that the other men even like. Maybe there's something Job clearly must have done to make him unworthy because God wouldn't have done this to him if, if something. Maybe Job isn't telling us everything. Maybe he sinned in his heart. We don't know about it. Uh, maybe Maybe Job thinks just for some reason God doesn't like me. You know, that's kind of where he's kind of going with this here. And um, and I'm oversimplifying this. You know, you really got to read that stuff. But basically, uh, there, there's this really cool discussion about existence, faith, judgment, uh, and the will of God there. And um, they decide to stop bugging him about this, you know. And um, so this guy Elihu walks up. He sees what's going on, and he's trying to offer a different uh, approach here. He's saying, you know, look, suffer me a little bit, and I'll show you that I that I won't speak on God's behalf. I'll, you know, that's the thing. He's this guy's saying, like, look, I'm not speaking for God because we can't speak for God. Um, but God has ways that He does things, and uh, there's so many things that are going on. And uh, at this point, it gets a little scary. God God shows up in the form of a whirlwind, this big tornado. Um, it's not like, you know, God of the gray beard and a nice set of flowing robes. Like, no, he's, he's looking spooky. Uh, it's a big tor- talking tornado. And um, it's pretty interesting here. He says things like... Um, you know, he says, where, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? All right. And, uh, you know, he basically like, you want to know why I did this? You can't possibly know why is what he tells him. He is like, look, I, I do so much stuff. You can't even conceive what I do. And he, and he basically shows him the mysteries of the universe, blows his mind, lets him know that, um, you know, that this just, you just can't possibly uh, comprehend uh, what I do. And um, in fact, he even goes on to talk about uh, these crazy monsters uh, that exist, Leviathan and Behemoth. He's like, look, I got to keep these big old Godzilla things in check. And you're asking why you got boils, really? Is that really what you're asking? You don't know why I did this stuff? And um, basically, uh, God gives him a big lesson in, you know, your human mind can't comprehend what God needs to do. So just deal with it. You can't possibly know. I do the things I do because I do. And then he he basically uh, tells the three dudes who were, were given Job a hard time um, put some sacrifices out there. 
Job, pray for these dudes, and he'll forgive you because his faith is that good. And then he and he takes off. And then, um, basically, uh, at this point, uh, Job says, uh, I know you can do anything, and uh, that will be beholdering me. He says, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. And it was so. And then the Lord spoke these words, uh, went away. And then uh, what's interesting here is uh, it says, The Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then came unto him all his brethren and all his sisters and all that had been of his acquaintance before. And he did eat bread with him in his house and they bemoaned him and they comforted him over all the evil that the Lord had brought to him. Every man gave him money and every one an earring of gold. And the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than the beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep and 6,000 camels and a thousand yoke of oxen and a thousand she asses. Wow. And uh, it says here, no women were found so fair as the daughters of Job, and their father gave them inheritance among their brethren. And after this, Job lived 140 more years and saw his sons and his sons' sons, even four generations. And then he, he, he died being old and full of days. That's the end of the story. There's not a third part where Satan goes, well, you know, <laughs> Job only loves you. Because you doubled everything that he had. Yeah, it was never end. You got to got to put a stop to it at one point. At this point, the, the devil just uh, ended up, uh, went to Georgia looking for a soul to steal. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, this is a really interesting story. I mean, I think the, the ultimate lesson of the book of Job, I think, is, is uh, it was a neat story to just kind of tell you don't overthink why God does what he does. Uh, how would God do this if he does this? How come, you know, like balancing even the Old Testament with the New Testament, you could go back to Job. Like, why would God flood the world? Why would God burn down Sodom and Gomorrah? Why would God kill every firstborn son? Um, we don't know. There's just so much that he's got going on and thinking about we can't possibly understand. And I think that's the message here. Um, but, uh it's a cool story. It's pretty wild. Um, so yeah, I mean, some people say, is this a story where God makes a bet with Satan and does all this to prove uh, to Satan that Job loves him? That's the simplistic, sarcastic way to look at it. You know, I think really the, the folks that wrote this uh, put it down. Um, some people think it may have even been written in a, in a language before Hebrew and translated to it. Um really doesn't fit in with the rest of the stories in the Bible from a history perspective. Even the uh, the places where it's located don't fit in. Um, none of uh, Job's offspring really have any more role in the Bible at this point. Um, but it is a really cool story. you got to have faith, and, and that's uh, no matter what bad things happen to you, um, you're not going to know why. So it's kind of a nice catch-all story in that regard. But uh, there's a South Park episode where, for some reason, uh, Kyle's uh, parents, uh, he's in the hospital, and they read a, a brief version of this story to him. And uh, 
He's like, that's the most depressing story I've ever heard. And uh, why did God do all that to him? And then they're just like, well, I I don't know. And in a way, um, that's exactly the message. The message of Job is, I don't know. The message of Job is, uh, nobody knows. And, uh, you know, if you're looking for uh, your your God's uh, religion to be tidy and explain everything and make perfect sense, uh, this is the book that tells you uh, it won't. And here's why you're not supposed to know. You can't comprehend it, puny humans. So uh, anyway, uh, thanks for joining. Um, Next week's episode, uh, we are going to talk about the Great Flood, Noah's Ark. What a fantastic story that is. Um, some weird stuff that happens uh, before the Ark, on the Ark, and after the Ark. Uh, some really wild stuff. Uh, some curses for looking at your dad naked and drunk. That's a, that's a skipped over part of Noah's Ark. But I hope you like this. Uh, you can now subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. and We're slowly getting... Uh, Showing on up on the other services, you can go to superbibleparty.com. You got email and other stuff there. Uh, You can look us up on Facebook as well. We have a Facebook page. And we're going to have some some merchandise and fun stuff too. And hopefully uh, we could build up an audience and uh, do some live shows and bring on some guests. So uh, my name is Robert Berry. Uh, It's been a pleasure uh, hosting another edition, another tome, another scroll a super Bible party. Have a great day. God be with you till we meet again. Sung by Anthony and Harrison. Edison Records.